All right, everyone, the newest show of Heal Thyself. Thank you for coming in and joining us. What a great, great show we're going to have for you, I promise. I'm about to go off because I am going to speak about Monsanto. I had enough of many people in the media space and uh, in different articles saying that glyphosate is safe because it ain't. So I'm going to go in on that. I'm going to do a little product review. A lot of you asked about um, different sort of sugar-free sodas. Um, I go to Whole Foods there. There's a whole aisle of them. You go to the local supermarket, a whole aisle. So we got to go over those. And I have a really good guest. She traveled all the way from San Diego to have a really conscious conversation. It's going to empower all of you and put you in a place to look deeper within. So without further ado, let's get to this knowledge box. All right, so you hear me talk about Monsanto, and you hear me talk about them a lot. Actually, I believe one of my first shows was really going in on Monsanto, or Bayer Monsanto now, and just the company as a whole. But I never really went into these really important documents that are damning for them. And you need to know about it, right? Because there's a lot of confusion out there that says that glyphosate, this non-selective herbicide, is safe. I promise you it's not. But... You hear me talk about glyphosate, and it's making everyone sick. It's making farmers sick, adults, child, your grandma, whoever. People are getting sick from glyphosate, and it is ubiquitous in the food that we're eating. It's sneaking in there. Really, that's why people talk about GMOs as being bad, because it's the, it is the adulteration of them with this glyphosate herbicide, amongst others. So this is the same company that was involved in a thousand, it is involved in thousands of lawsuits for people who have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and are blaming Roundup, which is the uh, known name for the glyphosate herbicide, which is popular now. So by 2001, the Roundup weed killer was used, uh, was the most active ingredient in American agriculture with an estimated 85 to 90 million pounds used each year. In 2007, the number reached 185 million pounds annually, and today Roundup is the most widely used herbicide in the United States and worldwide. So we need to know more about this, and certainly we need to know that it's safe if it's being used worldwide. Um, I'm going to give you a little sneak peek. It's not, um, and anyone who tells you it is has not understood the whole climate of what's happening, but I'm here to drop some bombs. So there's a really good page online, and it is the uh, law firm of Baum, Hedlund, Artizai, and Goldman. And what they, they're actually the law firm that really is uh, going against Monsanto and Bayer, and God bless them. But um, when you look, they have the documentation for all of these papers that were released. And I'm going to get into these papers because they're really juicy. But we're going to get into them. But on their website, there's a few uh, explanations about, a, about some things. But really important point that they make. In 2015, the International Agency of Research on Cancer, IARC, right, it's the research arm of the World Health Organization. They classify glyphosate as a probable human carcinogen. What does that mean? Probably causes cancer if you're using it. Glyphosate is the active ingredient in Monsanto's Roundup, as I just mentioned. The IARC is widely considered. It is the gold standard in the field of cancer research. Ask any oncologist, ask anyone, they'll tell you the same thing. Ask any clinician. And you, when you look at all the, they looked at all the published peer-reviewed data and came to this conclusion. Right? And as per the report, the cancer that is most associated with glyphosate is non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I'm going to say a little aside over here. When I was really practicing, I this young girl, she was 32 years old. She came to the office and she had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And it's sort of surprising to see someone that young with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. There's different age groups for different types of lymphoma that you see that are common, but you don't, you just don't really see. I certainly haven't seen many people with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in their 30s. Anyway, we went into her case, and as I was investigating, I had mentioned, have you ever worked with Roundup? And she goes, actually, I have. And you don't meet a 32-year-old girl who's worked with Roundup, right? You meet farmers who work with Roundup. You meet uh, school uh, workers, right, who work on the lawn with Roundup but, or, different, or different landscapers. But regardless... She developed non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and she told me, yeah, I worked with Roundup two summers ago when I was uh, with this group up in, I believe, Washington, salvaging these really rare, rare flowers that were threatened by all these weeds. So without any protection, they were spraying Roundup without ever knowing, which is interesting. But now, not coincidentally, Monsanto is in all of these 
lawsuits with thousands and thousands of people who are claiming that their non-Hodgkin's lymphoma was caused by the use of Roundup. And they lost. They lost three big cases, right? For the one was for a few hundred million. This, the second two were for a billion and over. Monsanto has known this for many years, but still refuses to study the link between cancer and the formulated Roundup product people are using. And this is a problem, right? Because folks will argue that glyphosate is safe, right? And they look and they overlook what Roundup is as a whole, and they're certainly overlooking these damning papers, which I'm about to go into. But before I go into that, I'm gonna say this. Look, the wildest thing is when you hear people or different pages even on social media speaking in definitives, right? Especially speaking in definitives about how glyphosate works. I literally saw someone say, glyphosate is not toxic, it is a world consensus. That ain't true. It ain't a medical consensus, and it certainly is not a world consensus. More times than not in science, it's hard to have a slam dunk consensus, right? Because once you have a conclusion, already it's being debunked somewhere else, and it's pretty wild. But regardless, uh, that's the beauty of science. It's always flowing and moving. It's never fixed. It's pretty dynamic amongst some laws that we learn about in physics and whatnot. But things are always changing and we're learning more, especially in the space of environmental toxins. So I'm going to say this once. Glyphosate safety is not a consensus period, not by country mile, all right? So no matter how many science-based people are saying this or pages that you're coming across, right? For the listeners, I'm doing a finger quotes, right, on science because science is not reductionist and myopic. It's not, right? It's nor it's a cherry picking, which I'm seeing a lot of here too. But mostly what we have to be doing as scientists is question, questioning what we read. And it's the responsibility of these people in these pages that I'm seeing they need to question what they're seeing and reading, right? Not moving along like blind sheep about what they're reading and saying, oh, I'm not gonna question anything about even who published this paper. I'm gonna go into it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, that's the very nature of being a scientist. So with that said, let me drop some bombs on these quote unquote scientists, all right? You ever hear the Monsanto papers? Let me school you on these papers because it's so important for us to know. These are papers that within the company had to be submitted during the discovery process in their trials. And these are declassified documents. And I said, you can visit that law firm, as I mentioned before, their website, and, you, and you'll see all of the links for this. And I'll actually link it to this show, so don't worry about it. But this is damning. This is damning for Monsanto. And here's what they discovered. I'm gonna, I'm gonna list it as a top, the top discoveries. Number one, they violated peer review study standards to avoid publication of a study showing that glyphosate is toxic to cells. That's pretty incredible already. Two, covert manipulation and purposeful non-disclosure of data on glyphosate covering up conflicts of interest in studies, which is pretty incredible too, right? At the end of the study, you'll see conflicts of interest and you'll see, oh, wait a minute, this, uh, this paper said that dairy is really good, but then you look at the authors and they're all deeply wound and tied into the dairy industry. Well, they covered up those conflicts of interest when there was a pro or anti-glyphosate paper. Intention to pay this guy named Wallace Hayes, right? Wallace Hayes is the editor of Food and Chemical Toxicology, right? In order to have him have a pro-glyphosate stance in his papers, and guess what they got him? All seen on emails, all seen on these papers, right? Details of how big of a role Monsanto played in the retraction of studies showing glyphosate toxicity, meaning they were pulling back studies that showed that glyphosate was toxic, details on, on how they did it. Admission of them leveraging relationships to retract studies to show how toxic glyphosate is. Another incredible one. Oh my God, this one might be the one of the most egregious ones of all. Adding the names of experts to Monsanto written studies. They're making the journals, they're making the papers that are being published, and then they're adding the names of experts to those studies. That's wild. That's wild in a scientific space. That's like the Wild West in the scientific space. That's like the biggest drama in the scientific space, because scientific space is pretty damn boring. Another really damning one. Ghost writing papers to show no carcinogenic potential of glyphosate. Ghost writing. Email showing that Monsanto paid multiple individuals on an expert panel to have a pro-glyphosate stance. Number nine, never submitting studies to the EPA showing that glyphosate is carcinogenic, meaning causing cancer in mice. Number 10, a Monsanto scientist emails uncovering explaining carcinogenicity of glyphosate in humans and that there is a known mechanism. That's incredible. I'm gonna say that again an email from a Monsanto scientist explaining that glyphosate causes cancer in humans, 
and that they know the mechanism of how it causes cancer in humans. This is contrary to everything that Monsanto has ever admitted, and they feverishly are denying, but we see that from a Monsanto scientist, Jesus Christ. What else can I say to tell you that glyphosate is bad? That's pretty incredible to know. I got a little more for you. We also see that they, across the board, admitted to data manipulation. They admitted to the surfactants, right, in Roundup, causing hormonal disruption. And they admitted to not being able to deny that Roundup causes cancer. This is one of my favorite ones. In 2008, an email from an executive in Monsanto saying that we are well aware that glyphosate causes non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Wait a minute, what? That's what they're in court for. And an executive in Monsanto is saying that they are aware that glyphosate causes non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I could end this show right now and never do one other show again. If you ever remember anything from this show, please remember these Monsanto papers. And the latest manipulation, which is equally as egregious as all of this, this, is wild. It's a skin absorption study that they did on Roundup. And they didn't utilize the proper methods. What they did was they took the skin from dead bodies, cadavers, and they baked it. They baked it so the absorption was reduced. So then they could say, look, Roundup doesn't even get absorbed in the skin. That is wild to me. Glyphosate ain't good. Glyphosate causes cancer. I don't know what else I need to say. And this is the exact company that we saw in a discovery process give up all of this dirt. How are you going to tell me? How is any scientist going to tell me that glyphosate is safe when the very company that makes glyphosate is saying, we know it's not safe? period. Now, I just summarized. That was literally a summary. There's a lot more to this. There's a lot more details. You can go and check it out. I'll post a link. I'm going to leave you with this quote. The term glyphosate and Roundup cannot be used interchangeably, nor you can use Roundup for all glyphosate-based herbicides anymore. For example, you can't say Roundup is not a carcinogen. We have not done the necessary testing on the formulation to make that statement. This is from Donna Farmer, you know, the lead toxicologist at Monsanto. And a study of the International Journal of Risk and Safety Medicine did the same exact thing. They went over 141 papers, just like I did, and they had the same exact conclusion, just like I did. You can look up the study. I'll even link it on this. So next time you see a food science blogger say that, I mean, I'm doing, I'm doing quote unquote under the table over here because science. Um, next time you hear them say that glyphosate is safe, just go like this. I don't think that's true. I don't think you did your research. I think there's more for you to learn. Go check out Dr. G's show. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a knowledge bomb, period. I'm going down to the product review. All right, let's do a quick product review over here. So many people ask me to review the zero calorie, low calorie sodas and sparkling beverages. I know some of them are super popular, but um, we need to know about them. And we certainly need to know if we're being exposed and if they're good because a lot of people have issues drinking just water all day, and this is a nice little treat for them. And I don't wanna be the bearer of bad news, but I gotta tell you how it is. All right, so LaCroix. How many of you drink LaCroix? I actually used to drink this a lot at some point in my life. Um, LaCroix is a naturally sparkling beverage, calorie-free, sweetener-free, sodium-free. Um, they usually come in a can, but I wasn't about to buy a whole box of cans of LaCroix. So I got this from Whole Foods. They have it in this plastic bottle. Okay, I'll start by saying this. There's, there's a lot worse crap in this world like Coca-Cola or Pepsi or Dr. Pepper that you can be drinking. So understand as a whole, what I'm gonna be reviewing is gonna be better than that, but I also want you to make the best choices out there. LaCroix is not an organic uh, or has no organic label or even non-GMO label, right? And remember what I said, there's only two ingredients carbonated water and natural flavor. We gotta watch out for that natural flavor. Again, super ambiguous. You don't know where these flavors are being extracted or derived from. They could be synthetic or they can be natural. Natural does not mean just natural flavor. It means maybe natural flavor, maybe synthetic. Remember that, what natural flavors mean. So I kinda don't know where this is coming from. I know this is berry flavored. Are there berries in here? Uh, is it synthetic berry flavored? I don't know. So that's my issue with LaCroix. Again, look, not the worst of the worst. Ain't gonna kill you, but just don't have it every single day, all right? Zevia, this is actually a really popular one that, that it's all over Whole Foods. They have so many flavors. Now, Zevia is, uh, Zevia and the next one are in cans. LaCroix, again, usually comes in cans. This one has a non-GMO label. It's sweetened with Stevia, and 
I'm actually thinking about doing a show on Stevia to teach you how to look. I'll probably do it the next one. So let's hold on Stevia, but it's sweetened with Stevia, way better than sugar, I promise you that, especially on your uh, blood sugar. Uh, so again, this is the uh, cherry cola flavored, gonna be way better than getting uh, Coca-Cola cherry flavored. But here we have carbonated water, stevia, tartaric acid, which gives it a sharp flavor. Tartaric acid is found in things like apples and bananas. Um, again, natural flavors and citric acid. Natural flavors, now we know, okay, they're not maybe being derived from uh, GMO corn, GMO soy, uh, the citric acid not being derived from GMO corn because it has this non-GMO verified label. But again, I would like this I would like this to be an organic drink. So we just know as a whole, all right, look, the natural flavors are not being derived from those genetically modified foods, but what else is it coming from? Are they using extracts that are pesticide-laden? So again, it calls it into question, not the worst, but not something to have every day. And usually I go like really bad uh, and then like the best, but really these are all in the same... Um, in the same field. Now, this is actually one that I drink every one and every once in a while, and it's the Olipop. And trust me, I'm far from perfect. This is the classic root beer flavor. You find this at Whole Foods um, over here in LA. We have Air One. They have it at Air One. This is a little bit better because uh, formula-wise, what they did is they created a, a prebiotic botanical plant fiber drink, which is pretty interesting because you don't really um, expect to have fiber, much fiber, in a in a carbonated drink or prebiotics, but it does have some prebiotics, which is good. Now, I will say this, if you suffer with SIBO, right, small intestinal bowel overgrowth, and you have this, it's gonna bloat you. Or if you just have a very sensitive stomach, it's gonna bloat you because of the fiber and the prebiotics. It has chicory root, known as one of the top prebiotics, Jerusalem artichoke, known as one of the top prebiotics, and kudzu root, which is a prebiotic. Um, it has cassava syrup to sweeten it up, we don't know enough about it and how it affects the insulin. So again, this is why I'm not gonna say have it every single day. It's nice that it has marshmallow root and slippery elm bark. These are demulcents, which help coat if you have heartburn. So it can be very helpful for these folks and, and no pull cactus uh, as well. I wish the apple and lemon juice was organic. It's not. Um, again, not the worst. It has burdock root for the liver. And then it's also sweetened with stevia. But I want you guys to remember one thing. So again, the Olipop, better than the first two that I spoke about. It's one that I drink every now and then. Let's say when I'm stopping at Air One, I go, all right, sure. They taste good too, to be honest. This is the classic root beer. They have the um, cola one, they have a ginger lemon one, and they have a strawberry one. Um, I'm going to bring this up. They're all in cans, right? And this one's in plastic. But the LaCroix you can find in cans. What people don't tell you is that these cans are aligned with plastic, BPA. So whether or not it even says BPA-free lining, it's still BPA. It's just another version of BPA. I talk about this a lot. So we have to keep that in mind. This is why I'm not recommending every single day because you will be uh, exposing, let's say you really want to stay away from plastic, but you're not really paying attention to aluminum cans either. And the aluminum, aluminum in itself is, might be an issue too. So again, not every single day. Um, these are the better choices versus like obviously Coca-Cola, Dr. Pepper and whatnot. Um, LaCroix is one that I really wouldn't drink because it's very ambiguous. Zevia, meh, Olipop, the better of the choices. But to be honest, until Olipop comes out with an organic flavor drink that's in glass, then I'd be much more happy. But regardless, look, there, I hope you got some direction on all of this. Um, those are my sentiments. And don't drive yourself crazy, just be empowered. Let's get to this guest. She's outside and I can't wait to speak with her. This is gonna be an incredible, incredible conversation, really empowering. All right, everyone, today's special guest is another special, special one. You, you know I only bring in the most special of the special. Mm -hmm. So the really beautiful part is about social media is we connected on social media. I was like, I gotta get you over here. Her name's Heather, and she has an incredible, incredible Instagram. It's about consciousness, change, empowerment, shifting vibration. Heather Activation Vibration is her Instagram name, but for between us, it's just Heather the Lovely. <laughs> Heather the Amazing, right? <laughs> yes, you, I Yeah, I think you're incredible. Um, Thank you. Reflections. The work that you do uh, on your page, which consciousness is everything. But mm -hmm. This is what I'm trying to get at. Yes. Let's just take away the fluff. Consciousness yeah. is everything yeah. because... From there arises even physical health, which mm -hmm. I talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. um, it's so all connected. It is. Truly. 
So how did you get so in touch with who you are? When did that start? Were you mm. were you like a little uh, indigo child running mm. barefoot? <laughs> I mean, I was, yes, definitely to an extent. But um, I feel that I became more connected to myself and to spirit through challenges, through trauma. I experienced a lot of childhood trauma. I was on my own starting at a young age. So I've really had to like source my connection, my awareness to self in order to like survive essentially. So, um, yeah, I feel that like everything in my life has organized and arranged itself to allow me to acquire the tools myself. So it's kind of been like necessary for me to like tap into this like side of myself and aspect of myself. And through that, it's just kind of grown. And yeah, there was, of course, like through high school, I wasn't really connected to spirituality. And there were times where it would be like there would be pauses in between my understanding and connection and full embodiment but I've been in this space like this perspective this dimension for I'd say like seven years now mm. yeah and what what is the biggest shift that you notice in you as a person from pre to now mm. I feel like uh the ability to really uh, perceive and properly translate what I'm experiencing internally and externally Mm. So it, it, that's an important point that you make because so many of us go through life and I'm sure you in high school and me in high school mm -hmm. and even much of college mm -hmm. where things come in front of us and we sort of are in a reactive phase mm. or even in a victimized phase of mm -hmm. saying, oh, you know, like what is what is presenting in front of me rather than being like, what is presenting for me? How can I how can I better understand what I'm drawing, what I'm creating? Mm -hmm. And I always tell people like, you know, if we, if we eat a dog here in America, that's bad. Right. We, 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 we totally put that and label it as bad. Right. You do it in China, it's not bad. Right. It's very relative. And certainly there's things that are heinous throughout life that happen that are on the surface really tough, mm -hmm. right? Really, really, really like this ain't, this ain't a good thing. Mm -hmm. But it's like you were saying, it's their perception, right? Yes. And, and so then how do you go about experiencing things that are on the surface like oh god like this is this is a tough one right what, what what thought process do you have and how can maybe some people learn some tools mm, yeah well a mantra that i actually recently created and has gone viral epically enough is everything is working out best case scenario and that mantra alone allows you to tap into the knowing that Everything truly is occurring, even if temporarily it doesn't appear to be ideal or even okay. Maybe temporarily it appears to be the worst possible thing that's happening. Trusting and knowing that it's not yet complete and truly the universe is working in our favor. Knowing that, anchoring into that belief and connecting to it actually forces the universe to reflect that in result and also just allows you to kind of relax into the knowing and into the trust that everything is somehow working out best case scenario. Yeah. And even with that, you can attune to a different perspective, a higher perspective where you allow yourself as a human to surrender and not have to force yourself to be in control to create or fix a situation and instead trusting, okay, this is most likely beyond me and I can actually step back, trust, relax and just like, okay, universe, show me, mm -hmm. show me, mm -hmm. show me how this is a miracle. Show me how this is a blessing and just trusting that. Yeah. Cause, and, and the surrender is the hard part mm -hmm. because we are programmed from so early on to control everything. Right. Externally. And to respond and to react. And to respond. And to act. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. we, and we live our lives being reactive because we're so mm -hmm. driven by ego. Right. Right. So then this this situation comes and you go, this is the worst situation that's ever right. happened to me. I'm, I don't know what to do. I give up on life. I give right. up on everything. Right. But you're submitting, have that perspective and going like, let me step back and be like, all right, right now, this is not something that I can control. Let me surrender. Mm -hmm. And see how it's going to figure itself out. Because it does. Yes, it always does. And sometimes that energy of being like, oh my God, this is terrible. Sometimes that's necessary because the ego is so in control mode that it's not able to shift into that surrender properly where it's still kind of like holding on by its fingernails. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that energy is kind of necessary, but for the most part, 
having the perspective of trust and surrendering. So it's not that like there's any one perspective that is right or wrong. It's more so there are just different options and truths and realities that you can choose to subscribe to that will either benefit you energetically, physically, in every way, or maybe cause you a few more obstacles or challenges to mm. transpire through. And surrender doesn't mean just like sit back and just yes. everything takes over you. What, what does surrender mean to you so we understand mm. better? Yeah, um, I use the word surrender because uh, there's so much imprinted energy connected to it. But for me, it's more about allowing, mm. just allowing. So it's not like surrender, fall to your knees, like fall to the floor, do nothing about it. Like it's over. It's more of like, step back and allow. Mm -hmm. And by allowing, you allow the universe to flow and correct itself. Yes. Some Something pretty incredible that I, I thought about, man, it was like maybe a few months ago, I was just in bed by myself thinking like I do before mm -hmm. bed about like mm -hmm. weird stuff. Right. Like right uh, before you sleep, it's right like, oh, <laughs> the secrets of the universe have just appeared in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and it's especially when I need a good night's sleep too. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, we have, we fall and we have a cut. And with that cut, we have this innate intelligence that knows how to fix it, mm -hmm. right? We we just expect it to scab, but we don't know the process. Right. Really, the, the what's driven and directing that or driving that. Mm -hmm. Well, when it comes to like emotional wounds, not physical wounds, mm -hmm. real deeply seated emotional wounds, it happens through people, places, things, situations, circumstances being presented to you. Mm. So in essence, the universe is always trying to correct itself. Yes, but we're just not seeing it happen in our body. We're seeing it right. outside of us. Yes. The universe is always providing the tools. And sometimes our human ego can't properly discern or determine what those tools are for or how to use them. Mm -hmm. So that like surrender moment, that allowance moment where you do allow yourself to step back gives space so that the universe can properly reveal to you and also you can reveal to yourself what is happening. Yeah. 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 I love that because in my experience, it's always come through people mm. and people come and they, they show me this mirror oh, and I'm like, Oh beautiful. God, I don't want to hear this right, right now or I don't want to see this or experience mm -hmm. this. And I'm like, okay, I need to work on this myself. Yeah. But it's that, it's that understanding and awareness that is number one. Mm -hmm. So people, and, like and you said, that mm -hmm. mantra, Mm hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, just to mention, it always does happen for people in the way that is most conducive to them. So it's always unique how the universe ends up correcting itself for people. For example, for you, hearing the external reflection from another expression of source saying, hi, yeah, you're doing this or just mentioning this and you're like, oh, I'm actually doing that. Yeah. Like that's like what's perfect and unique to you. So yeah, it's so beautiful how the universe stepping back, it allows the universe to reveal to you in the way that is most conducive to you personally, mm -hmm. what that is rather than the ego trying to figure out something. Well, someone else learns this way or this happens this way, or I once saw this movie and this happened and mm -hmm. you know, it goes off of pre-programming and often what is really the solution for the soul is not known yeah, at all by the ego. For sure. And, and, <laughs> like and it's it, one interesting thing is we all have those different truths, right? Our mm -hmm. different experience, different truth. Yes. We sort of like are anchored by the same truth, mm -hmm. but it's also we're experiencing that through different the filter of, of different versions of yeah. it, with, mm -hmm. which is pretty incredible mm -hmm. that you say that because... Yeah. Yeah. So grateful. It's, inter it's interesting to say that because I'll have uh, my friend saying like, oh, I had this realization with this. So I was like, I wouldn't have even listened to that. Mm. But my realizations come through, through people, mm -hmm. particularly different types of people. Mm -hmm. But um, it's it, it, like, that's, that's really crazy to hear because it's exactly how we need it. Yes. I love that. Yeah, so, always. so, so I love that mantra though. Can you say that mm -hmm. again for us? Yes. Everything is working out. Best case scenario. Best case scenario. Best case scenario. It's like the absolute best way that this can figure itself out. It so, is. So even that flat tire on the way to a really big interview. Yep. Yep. Same it's thing. like, it's like, oh, okay. All right. I have to pull over. Oh, whoa. That interview ended up getting canceled or that the boss was in a terrible mood today. No matter mm -hmm. what, he just wanted to shit on someone today. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the person that came to fix my car I fell in love with, or this happened or it connected this. Surrendering Always. to possibility. Always. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Man, this, all of a sudden, I hope viewers and listeners, you already feel the vibe. Mm -hmm. The vibe Thank is strong. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm really happy to hear that. Mm -hmm. So one thing we were talking about before we got on on camera, uh, we were talking about sexuality. Mm -hmm. Today's mm -hmm. Valentine's Day. Yes. So I think it's so appropriate to talk about 
first of all, the disconnect between mm-hmm. males and their own sexuality, females and their own sexuality, and then mm-hmm. together with each other. Yes. Um, I have my own theories, and I'll, but I'd love to hear from what you say first mm-hmm. um, and where you go with this, because mm-hmm. I really love to go into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's actually um, a difference, a huge difference between sexuality and sensuality specifically, and there's a major disconnect between both of them. And this has happened you know, for eons now because our sexuality and our sensuality, our, con- our personal connection to that source within us is our power source. That is our life force, our sexual energy, that essence that circulates through us, that we connect with with another person and then spark the container so that we can channel from the higher realms a soul into a human. Mm -hmm. That is created through sexual energy. And that's not the only thing that sexual energy creates and catalyzes. Sexual energy also helps to circulate essence throughout our body, even our personality. It helps to fire even through all of our senses. It helps to keep us clear, to keep us conscious, to help us to determine things and to discern what is actually true and real for us. So being connected to our sexual energy is so much more than just like allowing yourself to be sexy and like feeling that someone else is sexy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, from like that external, just like shell, like, oh, I'm sexy today. Right. But truly being in that as a man and a woman. Yes. Like, like men are sexy too, right? Yes, absolutely. But, but being like being that expression of self. And, and you know, mm-hmm. it, it's interesting you say this because there'll be women who I'm like, oh yeah, she's really pretty. Mm-hmm. And then there's a woman who walks in, I was like, Jesus, like I feel right. her. You yes. feel that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's pretty powerful. Yes. And that's a woman and you're saying her... Yes, that's usually because she's connected to her sexual essence, to her own her own life force, mm-hmm. her prana. So how do we connect? How, mm-hmm. how do the men get sexy? How do the women get sexy? Yes. How do we really embody ourselves like that? Yes. What are some things we do? Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many. I actually literally teach this in my uh, sacred sister circles that I host and my mm-hmm. retreats and stuff. So there are a number of practices. But I'd say like the first the first thing to do is to really start to get comfortable with yourself. So spending time with yourself and perhaps beginning with like self-massage. And this does not have to be sexual. You don't have to even be going close to your genitals, but actually just feeling your skin and feeling how it feels to feel your fingers on your own skin. Feeling it run through, right? Like getting in touch with just you, your body. Yes, and like Mm -hmm. hugging yourself and like even kissing your shoulders and feeling how it feels to hug you. Because if we think about it, we give hugs and even kisses and even open our legs so freely to other people. But like how often have you actually taken a mirror and looked at your organs? You know, we open these spaces up to other people for hours at a time and rarely even connect with that part of ourselves. So it's about getting comfortable with you and feeling into you. And from there, you can actually start to connect more with what really resonates with you. And then that just leads to literally everything else. Mm. It's that's that's true. I was (laughs) I was watching the Goop episode with uh, Gwyneth Paldrow and they Mm -hmm. had uh, a woman's sexuality connection episode. Mm. And all of the women put mirrors down there wow. and saw it. And yes. they're like, God, I didn't even, I didn't I, even like, know. Uh, right. There was actually, they did a study that said they, they took pictures. I forgot how many they showed to the people. They couldn't even identify their own their lady own. parts. Wow. Isn't that wild? Wow. See, that's so shocking. Yeah. yeah. At, yeah. at my circles and retreats, I like give the women mirrors to take home mm-hmm. so that they can really connect with their essence and even encourage like um, touching yourself and getting familiar mm-hmm. with yourself sexually as well so you can feel like what actually does feel good to you, what pressure points with this because we are so programmed to believe that we are here to appeal to others. Mm-hmm. So if they like to do this to me, then I like this too. And many people are not connected to the pace or the pressure or the just even essence, the energy mm-hmm. that really does resonate with them and turns them on. Mm-hmm. I had I was, I was had a friend once who was telling me that all her sexual experience throughout her life were just, I asked her like, what, it, well, what type of stuff do you like? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know. Because yeah. every That's time so I common. submitted to what the man wanted yep. or and and what they liked is all of a sudden what I liked on the surface. Yes. Is that very common? Yes, that like yeah, majority. 
Wow. Yeah. And, and is, I guess it's driven by that energy. Is it, mm-hmm. is it, is it women just become submissive to it? Um, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the time, especially when I speak to my clients, the comfortable, getting comfortable with yourself in that sexual energy is key for both women and men. Men, please take a mirror down there. Please touch yourself. Please massage yourself. Please do all the things that I'm suggesting. This is not just for women. But when we get more comfortable with our own personal sexual essence, we don't want to rush the process so much. Mm -hmm. We're able to be more sensitive to the little in-between nuances and energies in ourselves and also in our partner. Mm -hmm. So I feel like because there is so much programming around sex through porn, through everything, a lot of the time people don't even really take the time within those situations to really like feel into each other Mm -hmm. and really explore, okay, this is perhaps a new being, or even this is the same being, but this is a new day. Yeah. Like what feels good for this person now? And it's kind of, it just goes into like, like a repeated program often Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. people are not connected to it and there's fear and there's trauma and there's pain around it. There's a whole, I mean, there's so much and it's reasonable. It's all valid. Yeah. But this is, these are just the tools so that you can start liberating yourself from it. Yeah. Cause it's really important. Yes. Oh, it's that, that creative. I mean, it's everything, but back to that episode on group, I remember Gwyneth Paltrow was like, yeah, in my generation, you just like looked pretty for the boys right? Like everything was for someone else. Right. So she was even more disconnected. Like when they talked about like looking at your own vagina, she was like, whoa, I've never done that. Um, but the women on in, in the group company who were experiencing that was like, it was pretty crazy to see. I mean, the woman had an orgasm on camera. Wow. One of the women. Wow. Because they, she got connected with her body. Yes. The women who were experiencing it, they're like, that was really something that was beautiful to like be there and experiencing that, you know, like, not on TV and porn. Right, exactly. And like, yeah, taking like less of like the stigma or like the oh type of energy from sexuality because it is so beautiful and it is so powerful. Like if you think of just like the energy of an orgasm, you can't control it. Mm. If an orgasm is coming, if it's there, like it's coming, it's taking you over. Your mind, your ego can't get in the way, usually. Like nothing about you can get in the way. That is like source energy overcoming your body and mm-hmm. like encapsulating you in your own essence you are feeling your own energy and circulating that through you so it's like orgasms are so epic mm-hmm. and yeah there's so much more than just being like oh that's sexy that's not yeah i have a little i have a little theory on porn mm-hmm. i don't think that anything that is free mm-hmm. is free oof oof and my this is my little theory i thought about it in bed again another another one of those nights mm-hmm. um I think that it, the the price is always the person who's consuming it, and if wow. that's the case, if we're not paying for it, the person who's consuming is paying for it. Yeah. And I do think that that person pays for it, or the consumer pays for it by that just depletion of creative energy, that powerful energy. Mm-hmm. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but mm-hmm. I I would submit that there there's a possibility that you know there's higher powers that be that want to keep us not creative, not tapped not into who we are. To it. Is this a theory? Yes. Do oh, I sound like a crazy man? I'm going to actually say it's 111% yes. That's what it is. I feel so yeah, validated I'm gonna, right I'm now. I'm going to take it to that point. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because if we are connected to our own essence, if we are able to tap into our own source and discern for ourselves and really feel into what is real for us and what is not, then we cannot be programmed, then we cannot be indoctrinated, then we can't be controlled like they want us to be controlled. So really, this is like liberation. Mm -hmm. You connecting to this part of you helps and benefits not only you, but everyone around you and the future of humanity. Is sexual energy creative energy also? Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so sexual energy can um, alchemize and be channeled into multiple different forms of energy. So it can be, sexual energy can be um, through action. If you channel sexual energy, I personally do through sports mm. or when I'm doing something active or when I'm working out. I I like to funnel my sexual energy because I have a lot of sexual energy. So I just know how to properly funnel it. So when doing things that are active, that are not sexual at all, mm. my sexual energy helps me to be so much stronger in those spaces. Also, through creativity, if I'm wanting to create a project or if I'm wanting to channel something or make a video or write a poem, often I will like 
channel my sexual energy. If I'm feeling something, then I won't just like send it straight to my yoni. I'm like, okay, where can I funnel this? How can Mm. I channel this into something else? And I'll start just honestly repeating mantras or affirmations like, I am creative. My sexual energy goes to creation. Mm. My sexual energy goes to creation. Yeah, I mean, words are powerful. That that intention will start getting... We or you and I were talking about... That intention of, of just saying words starts shifting everything. Yep. You can control a lot with your words. Yes. Um, and the body listens. Oh, it always does. Always. You, yeah. I talk to my immune system every morning. Yes. Amazing. Every morning. Uh, the It's pretty incredible. So so there is something, uh, let's say, boxers not having sex or masturbating before yeah. before a fight. Is it, are they, They're holding in that energy. That energy, yeah. I actually competed in boxing for seven years. Oh, that was literally my thing. That's and, cool. Yeah. I, my master actually... Um, wanted me to stay celibate at any time if I had months before a fight. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even do nothing with myself at all. Wow. Yeah. And he was very strict on that. And I, I am 15 and oh, I've never lost a fight. So that's so cool. <laughs> Maybe it works. That's badass. That's <laughs> badass. I love that. So, so how, so you're saying through mantras, we can channel that energy. Yes. Right. Yes. We could just say. And just even intention. Like if you want to imagine your sexual energy is like a fire in the base of your belly or wherever it's appearing and like visually imagine it going to a different part of your body, like to your heart mm-hmm. or to your mind or through your limbs or, ooh, this is big. You can heal with your sexual energy. If you have a certain area in your body where there's an imbalance or an ailment or even like a physically bo- broken bone, mm-hmm. you can actually intentionally channel your sexual energy to heal it. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are energy. Yes. And energy is yes. what heals yes. bones. So yes. if if mm. we can, it, it, I think it's an old paradigm to think that we don't have control over our body the way mm-hmm. we think we do. Mm-hmm. We had that guy Wim Hof. Um, yes. We want to get him on the show, but he was also on the Goop mm. episode and he was able to control his immune system, mm. it, it, the way it reacted to bacterial toxins, Yes, which is incredible because we have no control over that, mm-hmm. but, but we kind of do. Right. And yeah, he we, used we his don't mind. consciously have control yes, over exactly. that, but we do subconsciously. Yeah. And that's the essence that you connect to within yourself is the subconscious mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. Because the ego and the mind and even the personality in the human operates from the conscious level for the most part when mm-hmm. it's making decisions and doing things. But when you tap into and connect to yourself on a deep subconscious level, it reflects everywhere and permanently. Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. So now we have exercises. Yes. Now, now I could do that next time. Actually, yes. I'm going to be at the gym in about an hour and yes. a half. So I'm going to be yes. doing it at the yeah. gym. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my, thing. my trainer might look at me like I'm a little off, but yeah. I'll be like, let me just meditate Good. before we do the squats yes. and, <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll get involved. Um, so what is, so th- I guess this brings us to the part about masculine and feminine, feminine, right? So it, if, I know your whole community, that's just like 101. Mm -hmm. But for us, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of important conversations that need to be had about that. Um, We are, as men, we become hyper-masculine because that's how we're taught. Would you agree that society starts already indoctrinating us to be hyper-masculine? Yes, absolutely. Yes, men and women. Men and women. Yes. How, How do we come back to ourselves and go, all right, you know, like this is my... This is my default mode. This is how I am. Mm. Um, where do we find that? And I'll tell you some stuff about myself too, but yes. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Yeah. I, I feel like even just beginning with little practices and continuously bringing presence to yourself and your state energetically, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, multiple times throughout the day. So it's just like if you find yourself experiencing an emotion or a situation or reacting, again, taking that step back and asking okay, what's really going on? What's really happening? Okay, my legs are firing up. Oh, I'm angry. Oh, wow, that really did trigger trigger me. Okay, why? Because of this, I have this belief. All right, I'm going to let this go. Mm-hmm. It's really about just like doing the personal work with yourself and just being with yourself through it all. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. So, so by... So essentially what you're saying is just understanding yourself better. By yes. understanding yourself better, you'll be able to sort of freely and seamlessly shift back to who you are, shift back to who you are. Mm-hmm. And and that could be an expression of, you know, a nice balance of masculine and feminine. Yes. Yes. Right. Be- I know that growing up, um, in New York and then in my teenage years and, you know, college years in New mm-hmm. Jersey, mm-hmm. it was very hyper-masculine mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Are you from, are, you know, you're from the Bay area. Yes. Yeah. But, but I'm familiar. You're familiar. Mm-hmm. So at least for men, 
the more hypermasculine we were, the more we were going to the gym right. and, you know, like, like working out and wearing tight shirts, the mm -hmm. more of that, the more value you have as a human, the more value we have as a human. Yeah. And that's the way we sort of grew up out there. Yeah. So mm -hmm. then I come to California, mm -hmm. and I'm mm -hmm. like, what are all these hippie men doing out here? I go, is that guy have a kimono on it? Like, I go, this guy has like all these rings on. Yep. Next thing I know, I have rings in almost every finger yep. because I've, I've come into my, that, that feminine side of myself mm -hmm. too. I can be that, that man who has like that fire and, you know, super assertive and all that and just completely be at peace emotionally. Yes. You know, and, also, and express that. Mm -hmm, yeah. And it's and beautiful. Speaking for many women, it is the sexiest thing when a man can be masculine and be clear and be strong and stable in who he is and also allow himself to melt and be soft with her or even with himself. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, that balance is like what everyone craves. And men even crave that in women too. And those who perhaps don't think that, there may be an illusion or some type of distortion with that where there's resistance towards a woman being in her power and thus it being uh, defined as her being over-masculine. But men do crave women to uh, also have an anchored sense of masculinity within them too yeah. because both energies are necessary. Mm -hmm. And creative. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And we're all coming from there. And complementary. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I love that you're saying that. So the world can do more mm -hmm. about knowing ourselves better, mm -hmm. getting in touch with who we are, why we have these beliefs, mm -hmm. and then going to our default mode of like, this is me. Yes. I'm fully expressing myself. Mm -hmm. Some of the most beautiful things I'll tell you, and a man or woman that I see, I'm like, damn, that person is themselves. And they yeah. don't care. Yes. They don't care. They are fully expressing. Mm -hmm. And those people, you don't see them when they walk in the room. You feel them first. Yep. Right, and mm -hmm. you're like, God damn, they are just expressing their true nature. Mm -hmm. They realize themselves. They realize themselves, mm -hmm. and I think that subconsciously or even consciously for people, that's always a goal. Mm -hmm. So again, you're saying when something is presented to us, step back and ask yourself, How am I reacting to this? Mm -hmm. What are my belief systems around yes. this? And are they belief, really mine? Are they? Are they? Yeah. Were they programmed? Yes. Right, mm -hmm. or by either fa family, parents, mm -hmm. TV. Yep. Because it's those, it's that programming that really, you know, sabotages mm -hmm. us, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's actually designed to do so, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that, yeah. actually. Mm -hmm. So love, right? I was, before I came here, actually did a quick story and I was like, today's Valentine's Day, think about mm -hmm. the person that you love the most mm -hmm. and ask yourself, do you love yourself that much wow. or even more? And if you don't, you got some work to do. Mm. And I meant that because... I, even last year, wouldn't have been able to express that and mm -hmm. be like, no, no, I love myself. But right. now I can say a lot more. How, it's everything. Mm -hmm. The self-love, right? Yes, yes. But people don't know how to love, what it even means. Right, right. There, there's like a process. Yeah. There's a process of it because um, if coming from the perhaps hyper uh, ego, the extreme ego side of it, self-love is like you're a narcissist what you're just taking care of yourself in this like okay i can do that like what you're better because you're just loving yourself mm. in that way however it's so much more than that and it's actually the opposite of that mm. because a lot of um that view of like loving yourself like it's like just doing bubble baths and like you know spiritually bypassing issues like good vibes only don't allow negative energy and it's so much deeper than that self-love is First, beginning to connect with yourself and becoming comfortable with yourself. And um, once you do that, you can tap into your needs, perhaps the energies you're lacking personally and that which you desire more of. And then you're able to nurture and nourish yourself properly so that you're fully taken care of, so that you aren't consciously or subconsciously seeking external energies to fill any voids. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it's a responsibility to be honest, self-love is a responsibility because if we were all responsible for our personal states and how we are, then everyone would be taken care of. There wouldn't be so much imbalance energetically. Mm -hmm. How unstable do you feel when the, that void that needs to be filled is dependent on someone else? Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it, must, it must drive people crazy yeah. because 
you're not going to feel better until that person gives you what you need. Right. And universal law will most likely reflect that they will not give you what you need. (laughs) Because you got what you need. Yes. Right? Yeah. And because you're seeking it from a lacking energy. Mm. The universe is like, nah. No. No. You need to learn. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You'll you'll keep getting that need for void. Until you realize. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you something. Most of my life and relationships, I lived for validation. And it wasn't until, Jesus, like even last year, pretty late last year, where I was, I let that void be filled by me. And it took a good three months. But I promise you, whatever I get into is so healthy now. Mm-hmm. Because I ain't knowing nothing from no one else. Yeah. I got yeah. it. Yeah. I got it. If, mm-hmm. I, if I need you love, I'm in. like, I'll just, I'll just literally hug myself. Right. On yes. the beach. Yes. Like, literally. The, yeah, yeah. In front of a crowd. Right. Yes. Um, but, but those practices you're saying mm-hmm. are so important. Yeah. And even just like showing yourself love in public, as you're mentioning, that is so important because what that does, it reflects to other people. Oh, whoa, he's comfortable enough to connect with himself. Why isn't he feeling awkward or this or this? Like, I, like I'm not able to feel awkward because he's not feeling yeah. awkward about it. And that actually gives people permission to start connecting with themselves. Mm-hmm so that they give themselves permission. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I can love myself. I can connect with myself in this way and it not be weird. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the permission, even if it's as subtle as it may be, mm-hmm. is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And that's why when you go to like these retreats yep. with conscious yes. and like-minded people, yes. well, then it's really easy. Yeah. But doing it in the middle of the Venice boardwalk mm-hmm. like me mm-hmm. is a little different. Yep. But I'm sure just one set of eyes can yes. see and they go... Planting seeds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so that's self-love, man. Mm -hmm. If there's Mm -hmm. anything more important. So again, think about people outside of you who you love so much. Mm -hmm. I love my dad. I love my mom. Mm -hmm. I love my brother. I love my wife. I love my Mm -hmm. boyfriend. My dog. Your dog. Oh God, who doesn't love their dog? Do you love yourself as much as that dog? Right. Um, Do you take care of yourself as well as you take care of those beings? Which is a big one. Yeah. Because even me, I don't take care. Mm -hmm. As a doctor, I take care of my patients sometimes a Mm -hmm. lot more than I do myself. And are you sensitive to yourself and your needs as much as you are sensitive to theirs? Mm. Mm-hmm. So how, how do we, how do we, okay, physical needs, we can, oh, I need a bath or right. I need to sleep. Yep. How do we know what mental, emotional needs, mm. how do we even tap into that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we listen? As a guy, you know, like, I'm just like, oh, I don't know what I need. Right, right. You know? And it's just like, maybe I just need this. And it's, we have these ideas of like, well, these things have worked for me in the past. Like, it's probably one of those. Yeah. And it's usually not any of those mm. because you're still in that space because those aren't providing the proper nutrients or nourishment. For me, honestly, like slowing down becoming fully, fully present, almost as if like you're inducing your own psychedelic like mushroom trip where everything really does kind of like take a pause and you're able to see beyond what is physically presenting itself. Oh, okay. Like you can start there. Like my legs are shaking, whatever. I'm Mm -hmm. just like this, whatever. Someone can just not think of that. Okay. No, my legs are shaking. What does it feel like inside of them? Okay. Energy keeps moving. Whoa, this energy won't stop. Okay. Oh, maybe it's anxiety. Mm. Oh, do I have anxiety? Whoa, maybe that's why I reacted that way. Just once you just slow down and you ask yourself even one question, you allow yourself to answer it. We have an intuitive ability to answer our own questions, but you have to just ask yourself and you have to give yourself the space and the time so that you can ask yourself these questions. Yeah, and we completely let the ego get in the way. Right, right. We let the illusion of time get in the way. Like, I don't have time for this. I got to go. Right. I got to get in my car. Right. And it's like, actually, you will be granted eternal time in organized alignment if you do take 10 minutes to yourself right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. five of those challenges that we're going to have to slow you down, slow you down because you're like just sprinting on your timeline. That won't have to happen if you take 30 minutes to meditate. Yeah. Which is since day one on, since I've been on Instagram, I've been talking about rituals mm. and for me, my rituals are long, but it doesn't have to be long. Right. It can literally be, like you said, 10 yep. minutes of yep. being hyper-present, yep. going, everything's off. Mm-hmm. Let me just listen yes. to my body. Yes. And sit here until it tells me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do a practice like that kind of. I lay down and um, I put like these Bose headphones on mm-hmm. and I'll just feel. I'll just mm. feel. Where do I feel the most amount of energy concentrated? Mm-hmm. And I'll feel if it's stuck, if I'm in pain. Mm-hmm. Those 10 minutes could be so profound because I'm oh. like, 
oh, there you go. There's a week's worth of answers. Literally lifetimes of healing. Yeah. Actually, we are quantum. Like it happens like that. It can happen like that. It really is just dependent on the depth of your presence and your devotion to the energy. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Man, this is a high vibe convo. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm on psychedelic mushrooms and we're just, <laughs> and we're just chat chitting here. Right. <laughs> I say chat chitting yeah. too. Uh, so, so what is, what are some things that you're doing right now? Um, you said you run retreats, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what type of retreats are those? Because there might be some women and men around mm-hmm. here who are like, I'm interested. Yes. And you're in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm in San Diego, but the retreats are everywhere. Um, the most recent one was in India and it was an awakening the goddess retreat. And so that was an all women's retreat where we gathered all of the women and connected to different deities, essentially different expressions of the goddess. For example, you have goddesses who are soft and nurturing and about just loving and being motherly. You have goddesses who are about fire, taking Mm -hmm. action, having discernment. And so we not only teach and um, connect to the different archetypes of goddesses and energies and because we actually all have different energies and archetypes within us. The men also have versions of the goddess within them, mm-hmm. just like all women do. And you don't even have to be connected to any type of spirituality or God or believe in anything to connect to these essences that are innately within you. Mm-hmm. And we also embody those different aspects. And um, yeah, it's a lot about empowerment and basically just like existing within the frequency mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time. Just being there. Yes. And, and, and like in that consciousness, in the field that we intentionally create energetically. And you know what's the most beautiful part about retreats for me is the community because mm. when you have conscious, like-minded, same goal, mm-hmm. There's something very powerful. Mm-hmm. And I did a whole show on community, just the medical benefits of it. Mm. But when you go to something that's high vibe as this, I mean, we're having a conversation, mm-hmm. we feel high vibe. Mm-hmm. Imagine, you know, 10, 15, 20 people right. who are the same right. vibe. Right. You come and out of there. It. Yeah. Of course, yeah, the collective consciousness is way more powerful mm-hmm. than just me in my room meditating, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. But so, that is very powerful. So thank very. you for doing that. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. So do you are, are you doing any uh, over here in the States coming up that you mm-hmm. want to talk about? Yeah, actually, there's one in March, March 6th, 7th, and 8th. And that one is also an all-women's retreat. Mm-hmm. And that's here in Southern California. Mm-hmm. So it's local to us. And it'll be a similar vibe of connecting to ourselves, dancing, singing, embodying the goddess, and anchoring in high frequencies within ourselves so that we can then go back to our families and our communities and it can ripple out Mm -hmm. through the community and become contagious and also just allow ourselves to experience it. So yeah, that's beautiful. I spoke with a few guys. We want to start something here in LA. I know there's a few around, but Mm -hmm. we want to start something maybe a little different, but something where guys can feel community, but also be like, I'm a man. Yes. And I'm and I have that feminine and side. And I'm connected. Of us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For, yeah, and I take care of my woman. Exactly. Yeah. So instilling that, I mean we're just trying to shift it, right? Yes. Getting people back to who they are is mm-hmm. literally one of the fastest ways to not only mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual health, but physical. Yes. Right? The physical is just the last tier yep. that manifests. Yeah. It actually, yeah, it's yeah. literally everything else. It stems the physical imbalances stem from Spiritual, emotional, mental. I've seen it in cancer. Mm-hmm. I've seen yes. I've seen people do the top cancer protocol, mm-hmm. and then until they forgive someone from their past mm-hmm. or themselves, it doesn't work until that happens. Yeah, that's the physical is just. It's like the the external manifestation, which even when you were saying when you put on your headphones and you just feel into your body, if someone listening is like, okay, well, how do I just feel the energy in my body? The physical element can actually actually be used to reverse engineer to connect to your energetic essence. For example, when you're just laying there and you're feeling, you can start with how do I physically feel? Like which part of my limbs and bodies and maybe my organs, which part of me is feeling a certain way? And then you can allow yourself to go deeper into, okay, it feels like a lot of moving energy or it feels really stagnant. Mm. What is this saying to me? And then you can kind of connect to the other parts of the body. Reverse engineering that, that, Mm -hmm. like you said. Mm -hmm. And it's true because sometimes I'll be like flowing. I'm like, whoa, it's so strong. Like it's so strong that my muscles are spasming. Right. And sometimes I'll be like, where is that energy? It's like empty. Where is it going? You know, it's like, what is it saying? Yeah. What is it saying? What does it want me to know? Probably rest a little bit more Christian. Uh, I love that. Okay. And um, you have a website? 
Yes. Okay, what is mm-hmm. it? Activationvibrations.com. And you sang. Mm-hmm, yes. So we need to listen to your music. Yes, Everybody definitely. who's listening and viewing. Yes, uh, on Spotify, iTunes, my artist name is Activation. Just boom. Yep, Activation. Minimalist and powerful. I'm the only one, too. Is that, is that yeah, really? Yeah. Uh, like thank you guys yeah. thank you yeah, yeah. and, and I, w- I wish you had activation Instagram that would have been mm-hmm. cool too uh, yeah yeah activation vibration you know we're just it's a vibe it's, it's a more vibe. like the frequency rather than just me I love that mm-hmm. um, okay yeah and your Instagram is activation, activation vibration. vibration everything's on brand with mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. I love that alright so ladies and gentlemen check her out she does the retreats powerful listen to just go on her page Mm -hmm. just the page is a vibe man Mm -hmm. the page is like oh like a breath of fresh air like i need this more Mm -hmm. in my life um i appreciate you you. thank you so much for coming and joining the show i appreciate you thank you for all you do thank you for creating this podcast thank you for all the information you share thank you for all the clients and the humans and the people you've helped which you know of and also beyond what you've known of thank you thank you all the all the moments nothing goes unseen i feel that gratitude geez thank you (laughs) What a great conversation with her, man. I'm telling you, this is like, I already felt it. I already felt that we were going to flow. And the best combos are the flowy ones because we just feed off of each other. We, I promise you, we have no plan about what we're going to talk about. We just go into it. And I really hope you learned something. I really hope she empowered you. I hope we all empowered you. I hope this show empowered you. Thank you for showing up every week. I love you all. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, blowing up this show. Have an awesome week.